Dude, uh, that was weird doing this inside a car. Yeah. Um, it really was. I don't know how much road noise you are all going to hear today. Uh, I have no idea. Neither is Jameson. Yeah. I'll, we'll we'll, we'll do a little bit of work on it. We'll all see right. what we can do. Jameson's going to put in some overtime, make us sound decent. Uh, thank you to our buddies, uh, Mike and Ben, that joined us. And thank you to our chauffeur, uh, Sean, who's been driving us uh, between Oregon and California. Uh, seemingly, I, you got to be over 20 hours right now, right? Like, on, I mean, you're going to be over 20 by the time we get there for sure. Uh, on Behind the wheel, uh, Sean has not surrendered the keys, uh, even though it was offered to him, by the way. I don't want to hear any complaints. <laughs> um, but anyway, this is a fun one. Uh, we got a lot of football that we're going to talk this week. The NFL uh, had some big surprises we're going to get into in just a moment. And uh, we're going to talk college football uh, a little bit more than usual today. Yeah. Uh, I got to go to my first NFL game, which yeah. was an experience. I guess I should have said that. Well, that's why we're on the road, by the way. Yeah. Uh, we we definitely went and watched the 49ers uh, beat down on the Rams. And Jameson... Uh, I still had a good time. He, uh, Yeah, we all had a good time. Yeah. I just sat more than I stood. Yes. That was the difference. Yes. And you I was and, more sad. You and that guy behind us high-fived early. And then after that, it was kind of like... Yeah, crud. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah. I mean, it ended. You know how it is. It, it, the downhill slope started quick, so we'll get to it right yeah. now. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and uh, this is going to be a good one. Buckle up. Welcome to Sportsify for November 17th, 2021, with your host, Matt Novak, and guest host, Jameson DeFore. What's up, everybody? We are here for a special edition of Sportsify, live from our road trip. Uh, we are on our way back, actually, from a uh, trip down to the Bay Area to go watch the 49ers uh, do what none of us thought they were going to do, uh, which is take down the Rams on Monday Night Football. Uh, Jameson is currently uh, still kind of curled up in a ball in the corner, crying. Uh, so he'll join us here in a second. Yeah, whatever. Uh, I was kidding. Um, but uh, it was it was an explosive night for the 49ers. We're going to hit that. I uh, get into some stats in a little bit. Uh, but they took down the Rams 31 to 10. Uh, and it was it was never. I mean, the first ball goes up in the air and we go, oh, no. Uh, and as we're watching from our perch in section 318, uh, I go, Oh, that's no, that might be good in my my instinctual reaction, seeing Stafford just lob it up there. And uh, you saw Ward sitting back at about the five yard line and uh, he jumps up, grabs a ball. Uh, OBJ playing in his first game for the Rams uh, appeared to get a little bit lost, uh, not know where he was headed. Uh, Certainly Matthew Stafford thought he was going somewhere else. And uh, from that point on, uh, the 49ers took a massive drive down the field uh, that we'll get into in a second and uh, took the lead, never looked back. um, And uh, it was a pretty dominant win uh, for the 49ers. A whole bunch of cool stuff happened this weekend, though, uh, that we're going to get into as well. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, still good at football. So is his defense. Uh, The Seahawks got dropped 17-0 by the... uh, the Packers, that's who they played. 
Yep, that's where Aaron Rodgers plays, too. Uh, it was the Seahawks' first time getting shut out since 2011. 150 was- starts for Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. First one getting shut out. And uh, I'm not sad at all. Uh, no, this is the happened. bright spot of my weekend. <laughs> it absolutely was. Uh, I mean, I thought it would have been hanging out with us, but you know, that's fine. Uh, yeah, that was all right. <laughs> we uh, uh, we got to see uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, be Patrick Mahomes this weekend as well. Uh, dude bombed out 400 yards, five touchdowns, and obliterated the Raiders. Uh, to use an Aaron Rodgers phrase, uh, he has officially told everyone to relax. Uh, the uh, once three and four Chiefs are now six and four and sitting in the driver's seat in the AFC West again uh, and uh, seem to have found the perch. Patrick, uh, I, I've been saying this for a couple weeks. He's going to be fine. It's not like he just stopped being good at football. He had a couple of bad weeks and then all of a sudden was like, hey, guys, guess what? Uh, I'm still Patty Mahomes and we're still going to win a bunch of games that happened, uh, on Sunday. Um, but, uh, we're, we're going to hit it, uh, hard here in a second before we get all the way back into the 49ers Rams though. Uh, RIP to Robert Woods is ACL. Yeah. Uh, that and was his, a bummer. Oh, I was man. not happy about that. Genuinely feel bad. Reasons. Oh, He's yeah. also on my fantasy team, <laughs> but that took a hit. He's also, uh, I don't have the stats here, but uh, there were some PFF stats related to him and his run block ability as a wide receiver, and they had him rated as the number one one, uh, run blocking receiver in football. Um, But he's also like, you know, him and obviously Coop is our number one this year, but every year prior to this year, it's always been Robert Woods being our guy, and the reason that Coop could do what he did is because you also had to worry about Robert Woods, and now that's not a thing. So... Um, to lose that on Friday, same day we get OBJ, and then to have to insert OBJ in, into a more primary receiving role, which he right. didn't end up playing too many snaps for us. Um, so we kind of had to go deep into our bag, which is not very deep. Uh, that was not very nice. But um, I mean, we lost Coop to a torn ACL in Week Ten of our last Super Bowl run. Week Ten of this year, trying to make a Super Bowl sure. run, and we lose sure. Robert Woods. So. That sucks. Uh, we have a gauntlet after the bye, so we'll see how that goes. But um, I was definitely looking forward to seeing him play, so it was a bummer. Yeah. the uh, I mean, in, anytime anybody gets injured, we always make sure and say on this podcast, uh, you know, we hope he gets better. Uh, we hope to see him back and definitely do. Um, I will not look forward to him being on the field against my 49ers at any point in time. Um, you know, uh, ACL repair or not, but... Uh, you know, the only thing I would say is probably questionable for the start of the season next year. We know that's usually a 12-month injury, and even at that, you're usually coming back in the 85-90% range, what you were previously uh, for a little bit. Uh, we've seen lots of guys go through that uh, that process and uh, need even extra time. Because once you're taking football hits uh, you know, in the NFL, it's, it's going to take a little bit before uh, everything is completely whole. Um, and, uh, and some guys obviously never make it whole, uh, after an ACL and not that we're wishing that on him at all, but, um, I'd say probably questionable for the start of the next season. Yeah. And I will uh, say, um, given the fact that it kind of follows the same, almost down to a T minus the extra week now that we have, um, since it follows 
almost to a T, like when Cooper Cup tore his ACL, mm-hmm. he he was able to start the following season. The week one. Um, yeah. But I, obviously an ACL tear is, is still an ACL tear, like regardless. But it didn't seem to be the most egregious knee injury because they didn't even know that he tore it until they just did some procedural stuff at, towards the end of the day. Um, apparently he hurt his knee, got up, finished practice, did all the media stuff. And yeah. then eventually they're like, Oh, you have a torn ACL. So yeah, ACL tear is still not good, but given the fact that it didn't seem to be the most structurally damaging knee injury gives me some hope, but there's still a surgery. That's going to be the same thing as if it was bad or not. Right. Uh, and it's still going to be recovery the same if it's bad or not. So yeah, but and, it is promising. And we'll take it into account. Like Joe Burrow had his knee literally demolished ACL yeah. MCL last year and started week one. So it's not, it's not a death sentence by any means. Yeah. Um, you know, I think he did that in week seven, if yeah. I remember right. For the now Bengals. there is also a difference between having a quarterback who's going to be in the pocket who yep. you can just slap a huge knee brace on versus a guy who's going to be out there running routes. Absolutely. Um, so, but at the end of the day, obviously hoping for a speedy recovery for my guy. Um, and if OBJ can do anything for us this year, he's going to have to. So yep. hopefully the bye week that we have coming up can kind of help him get acclimated because we're definitely going to need him now. Well, on speaking of him again, uh, OBJ found the field for the first time uh, for the Rams and signing with him last week. Um, the uh, uh, and and was needed. Obviously, uh, we didn't know if he'd get out there that quick. Uh, we were discussing it with a few of the guys that are on the trip with us yesterday. And uh, NFL protocols do allow for a player to uh, be cut or waived uh, and then sign with another team uh, within the same week and uh, and go ahead and start. We'd had some uh, people early in the year that, uh, because of COVID protocols, uh, got signed, um, but uh, they were just entering into a protocol process with the NFL and uh, had to wait an extra week before they could play. Um, But OBJ had been going through all the NFL protocols with the Browns, so he was eligible to start right away for them. Uh, Seemed to get targeted early and then really disappeared later. It was like McVay kind of drew up a small game plan for him um, and then kind of see where they could plug in, plug him in and uh, was pretty limited on total snaps. Uh, Van Jefferson standing uh, uh, moved into the uh, number two role there uh, for the Rams for most of that game. Uh, saw his fair share of targets uh, as the game progressed. Uh, also joining him on the field for the first time was Vaughn Miller. Uh, came yeah. out and, and uh, wearing number 40, uh, which totally caught me off guard. I forgot he was switching down into that. So I'm looking down on the field, like looking for him. I thought that was a safety. Uh, Von Miller, that was the first time I seen him in person. He's not a big guy. He's not huge. Not a, not like a really huge guy. Um, I think they got him uh, listed around the, the 250 range. I don't know that he plays at that, honestly, like looking at him. Maybe not at this age, at least anymore. Yeah. Uh, it would not surprise me if he's he's more in the, in the 240 size. Uh, look pretty quick. Uh, he's in on a number of plays. Um, and, uh, I don't think he, he racked up a ton in terms of stats or anything like that last night no, probably not. He, and on a few tackles. I knew he blew up one play, yeah. um, made a nice, uh, lateral move and, uh, blew up, I think what was a quick out, um, and as the 49ers were trying to stretch over towards the sideline, but, uh, did get out there. Uh, got some plays, but you know, on a night where, uh, uh the 49ers run offense just, handled the game um there was uh, not a lot of bright spots to talk about there in regard to that but they've got a bye week this week the rams do 
Um, and then they're playing the Packers, yep. uh, which is going to make our pick'em list uh, next week uh, here coming up. So, uh, but then going back to the 49ers and what they did last night, we mentioned that opening drive: 18 plays, 11 minutes, three seconds off the clock uh, for uh, their first seven points. And uh, it looked like Shanahan had something very specific that he wanted to target, do the entire game. And that was just break it down into chunks. You saw the Niners go and uh, run the ball misdirection often, uh, zone schemes, uh, and then pulling a, um, or, or calling for a, uh, uh, <clears throat> sorry, and calling for somebody moving motion and uh, slamming out defensive ends. You saw Kittle do it. You saw Debo do it. You saw uh, check do it. Um, Ayuk, uh, uh, all these different guys going into motion and taking out the the uh, defensive end that was coming around the backside, and that enabled the Niners to consistently get these three to six yard gains um, and just chew up clock all night long. The Niners ran the ball uh, effectively uh, with Mitchell. Uh, who uh, did, we just learned a little bit ago, suffer a, a fractured finger in the game. And then also uh, Debo came out and ran the ball. I want to say it was six times in the game, five or six times in the game, uh, and uh, including uh, a really nice score uh, as well. Uh, he uh, was headed to the right, saw the back door open, cut hard, uh, broke a tackle and walked in on one of those runs. But I... Uh, the 49ers, uh, Kyle Shanahan had said, uh, wanted to run the ball uh, 40 times in the game, which is a lofty goal in the NFL. And he made it to 44 uh, on the play calls. A few of those coming in on that garbage time as they were trying to run out clock in the fourth quarter. But um, irregardless, uh, ran the ball 44 total times. If a team runs the ball on you 44 times, you're going to lose. Uh, the, that is. There's just no way. Especially when you give them free points. Especially when you give them free points. Uh, and uh, there's just no way you're going to win that game. The 49ers also collected, uh, speaking of free points, uh, two interceptions. We mentioned one earlier uh, that started that long drive. Um, and then the second one uh, was a more of a handoff. Uh, was that uh, yeah. was that Higby that Higby had it in his bread basket and just coughed it up for whatever reason? Right, yeah, right off the hands into uh, the hands of Jimmy Ward, who had already gotten the first interception. Uh, he took it in uh, for a score. Higby did almost get him with a tackle from behind, but ends up being a pick six that goes on Stafford's record. But not a bad pass at all from Stafford, uh, unlike the first one, or at least seemingly unlike the first one. We have no idea what happened between OBJ and Stafford. Um, but uh, he walks in for, for seven. 49ers are up 14-0 at the end of the first quarter. And again, it was a no-looking-back situation. Uh, there was several things that stood out last night, but uh, Debo finishes uh, with just under 140 yards receiving and rushing. Uh, first time that the, the 49ers have used him consistently in the rushing attack. That was a little bit of a surprise for everybody. Uh, you've seen him do end-arounds you know, and do that jet-sweep-type play. Um, but to see him standing next to Garoppolo in shotgun and taking draw plays up the middle was really interesting. Uh, and then how Shanahan schemed those was just incredible. Makes it five wins in a row for the 49ers over the Rams, which I know is a stat that Jamison loves. And uh, um, we uh, I <clears throat> will be looking forward to the next matchup is January 9th, last game for both teams. 
could be a playoff, uh, you know, it's certainly strong playoff implication there, uh, depending on where those teams are at. But uh, right now, you got to believe the 49ers, uh, at least after last night, are feeling hopeful uh, in regards to the playoffs. Uh, they do have uh, some portions of the schedule a bit a little easier uh, playing the Jaguars this week, for instance, uh, and then the Vikings at home uh, who have been pretty inconsistent, especially uh, in the second half of football games this year, lost some close ones, won a couple close ones. So it uh, be interesting to see the next couple weeks what the 49ers do and if this is indeed a momentum builder uh, now having won two out of their last three. So uh, moving further on down into how the week went, uh, kind of hitting some other stuff. Uh, two weeks ago, we said RIP to the Titans uh, football season. Uh, Derrick Henry went down uh, seemingly uh, with, a, with a Jones fracture, possibly for the rest of the regular season. We were like, well. Yep. And now Julio's nice. on IR too since we last yeah. spoke. Julio's so. gone as well. And uh, the Titans just uh, decided that we needed to be wrong. And uh, rolled off a 12-point win uh, after uh, losing uh, Derrick Henry uh, over the Rams. Uh, and then closed out the Saints in a great game this weekend, 23-21. Uh, and they're doing it with defense, uh, which we thought going into the year, and so did everybody else, that defense was more than just suspect. Everybody was saying you can throw the ball on the Titans. Oh, yeah. But... You can't really throw the ball when you're getting punched in the face <laughs> Constantly. with that pass rush all the time. Constantly. Mike Vrabel's dialing up pass rush game after game, and uh, you're seeing guys getting beat back uh, on these uh, offensive lines that are that are good offensive lines. Uh, the Rams Rams have a solid offensive line for the most part. Uh, kept the 49ers at bay la- uh, last night uh, up to the point in which they had no choice but to throw the ball. Then you saw the 49ers kind of go after it. Uh, Bosa ended up with a sack. Arden Key getting a sack last night as well. Uh, but in, uh, in the other weeks here with the Titans, um, they are literally just throwing seven guys into the box and uh, and going after the quarterback. Um, and it's literally, we're going to dare you to get rid of that ball quick. Um, and uh, so they're giving up some yards here and there, uh, but they're keeping teams out of the end zone. And, and it's not a... Ben, don't break so much as it is. We're going to send four pass rushers at you at all times. Um, and they're not necessarily worried about clogging the middle. If you watch the scheme, a lot of times they're sending out three defensive ends um, or typical pass rushing defensive ends outside linebackers and just going at uh, offensive lines and, uh, and then dropping guys in coverage. So it's been interesting to watch that scheme. They rolled off another one. Uh, Trevor Simeon, who played a nice game uh, for the Saints, uh, we were watching the end of the highlights as we arrived uh, in the Bay Area Sunday night, and he dropped this beautiful pass to try and tie the game uh, at 23 uh, towards the conclusion of the fourth quarter and force overtime. And just great coverage by the Titans as they came over. I uh, watched a couple of the uh, defensive backs corner in uh, on the throw and to get a hand on it. And genuinely, uh, was surprised to see that outcome uh, yet again for the Titans. They've got uh, they've got some schedule stuff coming up uh, as we were looking through it, um, but uh, there it's by no means going to be an easy road. But right now they're full on sitting in the driver's seat in the AFC South. Um, the uh, the Colts are in second place there at five and five. They got the dumpster fire teams. My playoff uh, pick there too. Yep, it's coming to fruition. 
And uh, yeah, we're we're watching uh, those dumpster fire teams that we knew were going to be dumpster fires. The Jaguars and the Texans do exactly what we thought they would, and they're handing out free wins within their division. So um, I know they've got at least two of uh, those matchups left. Looking down the schedule, and uh, I will see exactly what number they need to get to. But I think the number for the Titans is going to be eleven to clinch division and go. Um, I don't see the Colts with the matchups they've got. Uh, being able to uh, get there, uh, they might get to ten. They're five and five right now, like I said. But uh, you know, with seven games left, I don't know that they're going to go uh, five and two uh, in these matchups. We'll get a little bit uh, into that in a moment. Another big one on Sunday was that the Washington football team uh, pulled a rabbit out of the hat. I was this was was a, a shocker. Or as Jason Witten would say when he was on the Monday Night Broadcast, pull a rabbit out of his head. <laughs> that, that was a Jason Witten one year in the booth. I'm going to go play football again. Kind of analogy. Yeah, that was fantastic, uh, Jason Witten. I, I don't I don't know why everybody hated him in there so much. I mean, he, he made was, all of us he who wasn't great. talk about sports look real smart and um you know feel, make us all feel like we could do it most of the espn monday night broadcasts do that yeah some some people would call that inspirational i'm just saying some people <laughs> um, would call it inspirational but uh no washington took down the bucks 29 to 19 uh we saw that score getting close it was uh 23 19 i believe and you're going okay uh tom's going to get the ball you got to hold him to a field goal but you can't yep. you know give him enough time then Tom's going to do Tom things. Then and, they punch in a touchdown. That's yeah. pretty much it. But yeah, the Bucks were able to punch in. Uh, or I mean, uh, sorry, the Washington football team, uh, which I don't like that we don't have a mascot name for them, by the way. Because every time you refer to them, you have to say that entire line. The Washington football team. I could just say the football team. I think everybody would know. I, 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 I still kind of think it's, at this point, obviously they have it in the bank. They should just drop it. But yeah. for now... I think I mentioned this a while back. I'm still kind of all right with like this weird, like just call them the football team, have them keep these weird, just W on the helmet. That's it. I don't know why I kind of like it, but I, I don't know why either. Cause I don't, but, um, but no, it was, it is, uh, it's, it's so, so dumb. Weird. We need to have one dumb thing <laughs> other than officiating in football. And that's the one. <laughs> hey, the officials had a pretty okay week. Yeah, there was a very egregious uh, roughing the passer on Tannehill in that Titans game. There was. And there was, I would, I, a 49er fans who don't have anything compl- to complain about yesterday would have said that there was a really dumb one on them uh, where Matthew Stafford got touched um, and a drive uh, got continued for no reason. Well, he got knocked into the, the ankle of, feet yeah. area of Stafford. And yeah. my analogy was, hey, you still get a ticket even if it's an accident. So <laughs> there you go. Um, oh, I ba- my bad. I abandoned ship on the Washington game there. Um, we uh, going back there. Uh, we thought Tom would get a shot, but uh, like we said, uh, the Bucks defense surrendered a late touchdown. Uh, Taylor Heineke uh, ends up twenty six of thirty two, two fifty six, and a touchdown was efficient. Uh, handed the ball off on some uh, after a couple of sustained drives uh, to Antonio Gibson, who ran him in on uh, short goes. He got oh, like twenty. Uh, yeah, right. Rush I called him a dud last week. Well, but he still is a dud. 20, we had a good game. Twenty-four attempts, I think, for sixty-four yards. So he got his close he, stuff, but he got his touchdowns in yeah, there finally. But from a Heineke was the one that got him there. Yeah, 
for which sure. Which we all like Heineke around here. Heineke's oh, yeah. a good guy. Hey, you you want to keep rooting for the underdog. Um, but a good win for them. Good win for Ron Rivera. We always say nice things about Ron Rivera. Um, so I, Even though the Washington football team organization is trash. Yes. The organization is horrible, but we like Ron Rivera. Yes. Um, also impressive by the Washington football team was they held Leonard Fournette and the Bucks run game to a total of 53 yards. Uh, just a concerted effort uh, to uh, put the ball in Tom Brady's hands, which is not something you normally want to do. Yeah. And uh, But Brady also uh, had arguably his worst game of the year uh, through two interceptions. Yeah, another one of those was like the Stafford pick. Where it yeah, was, that's true. It, it's basically, it's not a catch fumble, but it is. He caught it, like turned around, and then lost it immediately, and it just popped up in the air, and they snagged it. So it's a it's a pick, but it's not his fault. Yeah, the other um, one was pretty bad. I thought uh, I thought what was interesting after that game was Arians getting up in the press conference when Bruce Arians' teams lose a game. Uh, and this goes back to him being uh, Cardinals coach as well. Uh, when they lose a game and his that they're not supposed to lose. He loses his mind. And I wouldn't say he necessarily like throws people under the bus, but he definitely calls the, his entire team out. And, uh, you know, they were asking, hey, did Tom have a bad day? And he's like, hey, everybody had a bad day. And, and essentially uh, went off. If you remember, he did this last year, um, and then his team went into a bye week. And then they and didn't lose. Again. <laughs> and including a Super Bowl. Um, yeah. for the rest of the year. They were coming off a of bye week, though, which makes this one really surprising. Yeah, it's one of those things where if you see a Washington football team matchup on your schedule after a bye, you're like, okay, well, we're going to win that one. And then you don't. Um, and I believe they lost before the bye as well. Um, so kind of a weird couple of weeks stretch. There's a few teams, like obviously my Rams are having that right now. You have a weird couple of weeks stretch in there for some of those top teams. Um, but this one was definitely pretty surprising. But if there's a team that can handle like the Arians fire, it's a team like the Bucks, just because they're all kind of, they're all in, they're bought oh, in, yeah. got some veteran presence in there. Like Tom Brady's not concerned about having his feelings hurt. No. So. And, and I think, I think he knows it wasn't his best effort. I mean, he said as much after the game and you saw the frustration on his face. Um, you're going to have those weeks over the course of the NFL season is basically what he said, but they're not excusable and uh, we shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't be in that position where our defense is having to bail us out is essentially what he said. Um, and he mostly even apologized for putting uh, the Bucks defense in that position. Uh, by the way, Devin White snagged a couple of uh, sacks in that game. Uh, and uh, not not a little middle linebackers going and grabbing those sacks anymore. Yeah. But, uh, you know, this was a weekend of surprises all throughout the NFL. Um, one thing that happened, uh, which we're going to have to end our show differently because of this uh, today, yeah. is Cam Newton got a job. He has a job. He has a real job. He scored two touchdowns in two plays. Yes, he did. And uh, he's playing for a team that knows him pretty stinking well. Yeah, uh, that literally uh, drafted him and gave him a career, and that he led to his Super Bowl one uh, MVP. Yeah, uh, he is back with the Panthers. They uh, they beat the Arizona Cardinals, who are still Thank without God. Yes, we needed that one. Uh, we really appreciate the Panthers I that one. this week. Um, but uh, 
uh, beat the Arizona Cardinals 34 to 10. Uh, they're still without Kyler Murray, still without uh, Hop. Uh, we're sitting out with injuries again. Um, but uh, 34 to 10 uh, is pretty stinking bad. Yeah, and in case you forgot, Christian McCaffrey's still good at football when he is playing. So holy cow, is he ever! Um, and uh, we met, he just mentioned Jameson did that. Uh, Cam Newton scored uh, t- two touchdowns on his first two plays. Um, he uh, I ran one in, threw a nice short pass on an out route to uh, to Robbie Anderson, um, and uh, they uh, seemingly were in control from the get go. It was fourteen nothing there in the first quarter as well in that game, and uh, they didn't take the foot off the gas even a little bit. Uh, they pinned him back. Colt McCoy ended up exiting this game with a quote-unquote injury. Um, for those of us that watch uh, football a lot, um, it looked like a surrender and a white flag, in my opinion. Um, but uh, we will uh, we'll see. I think they're saying Ky- uh, that Kyler may play this week. Uh, they may also just let him rest because they got the bye after this week. What are they playing coming up? Um, I was just looking at that. Let me go grab it in a moment. Um, we can find it later if we yeah, need to. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, but uh, they do... Actually, it's a pretty easy game. I feel like this might be their Texans week. I could be wrong. the Texans because they, they put up like 40. All right. That was dumb. I'll look it up in a moment. Um, or maybe Mike can look it up for us. There's our... Seahawks. Oh, oh yeah. So they do have Oh, yeah. Game. This is Seahawks. So... <laughs> Who do we root for in this game? I, I mean, mean, you probably need the Seahawks to win. Doesn't that suck? Yeah, it does. Because <laughs> it'll benefit your Rams. I'm going to be honest. Um, I don't really care. I I hate the Seahawks so much. I really, I mean, I won't care. I, like, it won't hurt my feelings if the Cardinals win because then the Seahawks will lose and I'll still be fine. Yeah. But mathematically, I need the Cardinals to lose. Because we okay. lost How about this, this game, and we're about to go into our gauntlet of a season where we only have like maybe a couple games where I feel really confident in. So I will let you chew on that a little bit, if you, and maybe change your opinion because we can throw that in as our first. Would you rather? We got some other Forty Nine er fans in the car with us, and we'll take some opinions on. Okay. Would you rather uh, have the Seahawks win or lose this week against the Cardinals? We'll we'll throw that in as a bonus question this week. Uh, and we'll get there in a few minutes. Um, another one, uh, another couple uh, just surprises from different games. Uh, the Ravens lost to the Dolphins by 12 on Thursday Night Football, and they looked very not good. And by the way, neither did the Dolphins, except for their defense. Their defense looked great. Because um, I don't really have anything against Tua. But watching him try to throw the ball is very painful. It's it's like honestly, I I know we all feel this way sometimes. When you switch to your off hand, whether you're left or right handed, and you throw, you're like, hmm, that sucks. There's an old uh, an, an old joke about you know when you watch somebody do that, you yell, you throw like a girl. Uh, also a great Sandlot quote, by the way. Um, but uh, when you watch to a throw. Uh, statement applies. Yeah. Because he looks like he's right-handed. Like, the just the way he delivers the ball. And I'm just... I know it's maybe a little brutal, but you watch the ball come out of his left hand, and you're like, I think he's throwing the wrong one. Like, it's a Ben Simmons <laughs> jumper conversation here, but from a quarterback. So, 
Totally um, fair. Plus, I mean, the quarterback situation there is just totally mismanaged. Like they say, Tua can't start because he's healthy, but he's healthy enough to be inserted when we need him to be. And it's just like, okay. And then Jacoby Brissett feels like he's good to go, and then they don't put him back in the game. I mean, they win regardless, but I would feel more comfortable with Jacoby Brissett back in that game mm. than Tua. Just because if there's any pressure on Tua, he, I feel like he can't do anything. Well, to be honest, I think that either one of them could have won that game. So all they had to do was just hand the ball off. As bad as the Ravens uh, were playing on offense, um, who, Lamar Jackson had, you know, I, I'm going to give him an, just an off night here, um, you know, because I think a lot of people were quick to bury Patrick Mahomes. I was not, but I think a lot of people were quick to do that. Um, but he, he just had an off night. There just nothing was clicking. Everything that could go wrong was going wrong. Uh, seemed a lot like uh, a lot of that Raiders game early in the year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and very similar esque fashion. Hollywood Brown still having some drop problems too. Yeah. Um, that was ugly. I, I don't watch very many Ravens games, but I feel like every game that I tune into, obviously he had a stretch at the beginning of the season where he was just dropping touchdowns like yeah. left and right. But there was a few even on that game where I was like, really? This guy's still dropping. Like, you need to, if you catch these, you win the game, and that's it. Oh. Uh, and now the Ravens are kind of regressing a little bit. Obviously, they're still in a pretty good spot, but I think they're kind of regressing to what we thought they probably would have been once half their team blew out their knees in practice. So, yeah. okay, quick, would you rather to have Ben Simmons take a three pointer or to a. Have to drop a dime on a 25-yard post route. I'd rather have Tua drop a dime on a 25-yard post route <laughs> because he'll throw the ball. Ben Simmons won't even shoot it. He didn't even want to shoot a wide-open dunk in the playoffs last year, passed that's, out of it. So oh, That's totally fair. That's totally fair. And at least Tua would be in the facility. <laughs> but Ben Simmons is done with the Sixers, man. He's just He's progressed beyond that team already. Uh, he needs a new opportunity. He deserves one. I mean, my fantasy basketball name in all leagues is trade CJ for Ben Simmons. But <laughs> CJ's kind of made me want to change that name, but I'm not yeah. sticking to it. CJ CJ's having a good night. Uh, Blazers have uh, been, again, still up and down. I'll, I'll hit that briefly before we finish out the NFL here, but um, CJ had another nice night last night. Yeah, shot uh, really well. Blazers Blazers get a good uh, uh, good win. Uh, Dame, Dame had a nice night facilitating. Uh, he's being more efficient as well. He's not giving you those explosive games. You know, yeah. he's not dropping 30 plus anymore right now, but he's still in that like 25 and nine range with four boards and, you know, shooting about 40% from three right. these past few games. So we'll take that. Yeah. Um, but I also don't like things getting close because it was tied 82 at the end of the third last night. Right. Uh, and then there was a big explosion. We were up about 15 and then I tune in and it's, real close late into the game and I'm like of course the Blazers are going to let that happen. Well and, and and we know a lot of times though when we go in in the fourth up 15 it's because of the lack of depth on uh, in the bench yeah. uh, scoring that does that to us because you're watching you're watching Dame control a game control yeah. a game. And Larry Nance did have a good game as well he had 15 off the bench. Yeah. Seven, seven, for seven, for seven Hit the three pointer. So yep. um, and I will say you know even though we've been as up and down as we have been a lot of that is because Dame hasn't been there to just straight up win us games. Mm -hmm. But um, our bench is doing something. Simons has kind of fallen off a little bit since the beginning. Yeah, he had a heart or he, a hot start. And yeah, he he was in those 
um, 50, 40, 90 conversations early on just with the volume he was shooting at, but right. that's kind of teetered off, but that's kind of a different conversation. So, But it was nice to see him get a win after getting blown out the night before by, what was that, 24, I think. Yeah. Or 34? It was 34. I tried to forget. Oh my gosh, it was bad. I can only hold so many bad sports memories in, in one <laughs> weekend. It was a rough so. weekend. It was a rough weekend. Hey, the Beavers won. I don't really care about the Beavers anymore, okay. if I'm being honest. I mean, if they beat the Ducks, that'll be cool. But Yeah. Well, they're, I, I think they're one, they need one more for bowl eligibility. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was it. Okay. They got there. So they're bowl eligible. See? Look look oh, at that. Something well, to celebrate. There you go. You can go to the Sun Bowl and get your butt kicked by somebody that sucks. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, the last uh, one, to me, that was just a full-on surprise um, the Broncos had gone out, speaking of surprises, and whooped up the Cowboys. This week, they come back and lay an egg against the Eagles, uh, get blown out 30-13. to 13. And that, to me, was just a, a, a shocker. Um, you know, the Broncos, you, you would think, get that big win, get the momentum, the defense is uh, doing its thing, and then you go and play the Eagles, who are not known as an uh, offensive powerhouse. Uh, don't get me wrong, Hertz is having a solid year there uh, thus far, um, and Devonta Smith looks like the real deal, um, and uh, like they finally have a receiver uh, in Philadelphia, but I didn't think they were going to uh, get a 17-point uh, win over the Broncos and what had been a just stifling defense. Uh, so that was a pretty big shocker on the weekend. Uh, you know, some other, uh, some other games real quick before we transition out of NFL talk. Um, the worst game in the NFL uh, of this year. Maybe the was worst game I've seen this weekend. Um, the Detroit Lions played the Pittsburgh Steelers, and it came to a sixteen to sixteen tie. Uh, after both teams just gave the other team so much opportunity to win, uh, the Steelers driving twice in overtime had receivers, uh, well, a receiver and a, and a tight end fumble the ball. Uh, on turnovers in overtime alone. Ridiculous. Um, and uh, you watch these uh, two teams who, we, we understand the Lions are bad, okay? We, and, and if you are a NFL fan, you were definitely rooting for them to win their first game, okay? I don't know anybody that, like, hates the Lions. Yeah. That's not a thing. If you hate the Lions, you just have hate in your heart. Yes, absolutely. there's no reason to hate the Lions. You need to cuddle a teddy bear and suck your thumb a little bit. Because um, you're just an awful person. Um, but uh, Mason Rudolph was leading the Steelers. And uh, I know a lot of people don't like Mason Rudolph. Uh, Pittsburgh fans don't like Mason Rudolph. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, Big Ben was out due to COVID protocol. Um, and uh, Mason wasn't playing horrible. I, I'm, not, I'm not putting this on him. He was asked to throw the ball 50 times. Yeah. And uh, he was delivering passes receivers made mistakes and and uh, in a lot of those situations and again gave up the game twice in overtime and that was kind of brutal to watch um but it was just a bad football game i mean weather wasn't great i'll give them that but dude you got to hold on to the ball missed field goal yep. for detroit to win <laughs> oh that wasn't even close i don't think any of us that, were that like, poor dude yeah there was no chance that that and no it was like 10 yards was, short as soon as it was off his foot, yeah, it was you no could tell it was gone. Um, that was a dumpster game. I did see a pretty funny stat for that. It's their eighth straight 
game scoring uh, 20 or fewer mm. points for Detroit. Yeek. Um, that's not good. Nope, that's not good. You're not going to win games in the NFL uh, um, with that type of offensive production. Jared Goff still hasn't won a game without Sean McVay. And, and the Lions can be, and I was telling you this the other day, they could become the first team in history to have an 0-16 record for a season and an 0-16-1 record for a season, <laughs> which would be hilarious. It would be hilarious, and it's definitely possible. Yeah, it's in the cards. I uh, I would be very curious to look at their schedule at some point and see if they have any game that I would be like, okay, maybe, yeah. but I don't think so at this point. Yeah. Well, uh, not a shocker, um, but we expected it to be a tight game. Was the Vikings twenty-seven to twenty over the Chargers? Um, that that was going to be a tight game. Uh, a little surprised to see the Chargers take the L. Uh, we're still uh, hopeful they make the playoffs because uh, we like Justin Herbert, and uh, we're we're hoping hopeful for that. A um, couple of big blowouts. Speaking of that, that ugly football earlier, uh, the Cowboys over the Falcons forty-three to three. They had what thirty six at halftime or something stupid like that. Oh my like gosh, that. it was that it was, was bad. bad. Uh, I I just uh, I was sharing. We'll get we'll do a little fantasy update for the two of us. Uh, but I was sharing with people earlier. Um, I had Tyrod Taylor the week before that I had to stream because of Kyler Murray, and uh, he threw three interceptions and in like a hundred yards. It was awful. Um, and then uh, this week I picked up Matt Ryan against uh, that wonderful Cowboys defense that likes to give up chunk plays and I got point six eight on that one and I won both of those games by the way uh, I was super proud of that but uh, no they got wiped there was nothing good to say uh, on the Falcons perspective uh, Cowboys didn't even look like they had to try like Dak was just slinging the ball around with ease Yeah, uh, Zeke ends up with a couple scores not a ton of yards uh, he did some close-in damage. I would have lost the game if the Cowboys didn't, or my fantasy game, if they wouldn't have had the game that they had because Dak got me like 26. Um, <laughs> yeah, he. So. I mean, he had a nice game, but he didn't even look like he had a try. No. It was, no. It was pretty ridiculous. That, that was honestly probably my biggest surprise because we had been talking about uh, the Falcons kind of giving him some praise last week. Yeah. Um, I still think they're in a position to potentially snag a wild card just because everything is so mucked up in that like four or five win range yeah. Um, that the second half of the season, who knows what's going to happen. I honestly think it'll probably come down to whether or not the 49ers start putting stuff together because I don't still have yeah. any confidence in the Seahawks doing anything right now. Those are two teams um, that are in the same bucket. They really so, are. Um, that could be very interesting. You guys do play each other. Yeah. Falcons, um, uh, 49ers host the Falcons December 19th. So that could... That could be a game we would have won a circle, potentially. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see how they pan out the rest of this month going into December. But um, I still kind of like the Falcons. Cordero Patterson didn't really have an opportunity to do anything. It doesn't look like he's going to be playing this week either. No, he's got a sprained um, ankle. He's out for which, Thursday. They've already called bummer, that one. Um, for us Cordero Patterson fantasy managers. But um, that's going to be a big game for them because I think if they start losing again, uh, already turn around in a short week. I don't know if I like their chances as much, but yep. I've been holding on to them all season. I've been holding on to the Colts all season as my dark horse uh, <laughs> playoff team. So we'll see. Wentz is still uh, healthy. They still yeah, got a chance. You know, you know, so 
But yeah, that was probably the biggest surprise because obviously the Cowboys they got handled. That they yeah, basically got was. blanked last week. I I know they put up a couple of scores late, which thank you because that also helped me win last week in fantasy. But yeah, um, it was basically a thirty to nothing game. Oh. Um, all, all things considered. Shout out to so. Kellen Moore for that game plan because that offense looked dope. Yeah, uh, which that guy is going to be coaching somewhere next yeah. season. Yeah, he need, um, he needs a job. I. As much as I hate the Seahawks, he should mm. get Pete Carroll Let's out of there. Let's begin the speculation. Get Grant's Pete Carroll not here out today. Of there. Um, mm. Their season is going so poorly right now. They okay. need a coaching change. Here, it, They're running the ball way too much for a team that doesn't have anybody that can run the ball right now. I'm I'm going to be mean and say this. All right, what if what if the Seahawks don't win uh, through December fifth? When they play the 49ers, they take the L from the 49ers at home on, De- on December 5th, and they end up 3-9. and nine. Do you just fire Pete Carroll, or do you let him ride out the season? I think you let him ride out the season because nothing's better is going to happen at that point anyways. And right. I feel like there's a, at least enough respect for Pete Carroll to be like, hey, we're, we're not going to fire you halfway, or not halfway at that point, but most of the way through a season uh, for winning us a and, Super Bowl, getting us to multiple Super Bowls, and, and kind of setting up a winning culture in Seattle. Right, but, and for those of you who would listen and say, I sound crazy when I say, oh, they might not win, let's remember that they are playing the Cardinals uh, this next week at home. Uh, now, if, Kyle, if Kyler and Hop are playing, Cardinals are obviously going to ha- be favored to win that game. The line's probably going to be 2.5 to 3.5. Then they're traveling to Washington football team the following week. Um, who again coming off a big win against the Buccaneers? If they can and beat that'll the Buccaneers, be a Monday night game too. Yeah, prime time for Seahawks. Uh, if they can beat the Buccaneers, they can beat the Seahawks. That's for sure. And then another prime time game when they play the Niners on Sunday night football. And uh, should the 49ers be able to uh, continue that momentum? You would likely think they do with the Jaguars upcoming um, here in uh, this next week uh, and on into that Seahawks game. I, I mean they. There aren't it very many. Happen. We're looking at their schedule right now. There aren't very many, like truly winnable games at face value. Like they'll play the Texans still. They'll yeah. play the Lions still. Uh, the Bears have actually been looking a little bit better with Justin Fields kind of settling in. So I don't even know if I feel confident about them beating the Bears. Uh, but we're talking about a team that's only won three games, and we're yep. looking at maybe two games that right now look very winnable. I mean, yeah, <laughs> this is. This is uh, this is going to be interesting uh, going forward. Um, I mean, I would I would love the embarrassment game. Okay, there's a game on the Seahawks schedule. I, I'm just doing this because Grant's not here. I'm just being honest. I wouldn't talk love logically to like the this. Giant, the Lions. If they lose to the Lions at home, I think you can safely the, fire the Pete Jared Carroll. Goff revenge <laughs> tour in Seattle. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'd love it. They also, I mean, let, let's look at it though. Okay, I, if we wouldn't, if Washington didn't win that game. This last week, Seahawks, uh, we would have picked over Washington. Yeah, probably. 49ers, that's a divisional Chase game. Young out, out with an ACL, by the way. We haven't oh, mentioned that. Oh, yeah. Ch- Rip to that season. Uh, Chase Young went out, I believe, in the second quarter Yeah, uh, with a with a torn ACL. One of the best defensive linemen in the in the game right now. And that's a bummer. Uh, you hate to see, especially a young guy, yeah, uh, go out with a major injury like that. Very, very uh, bad. But uh, we would have said that Washington was a winnable game for the Seahawks prior to this week. Now, I think that's a 50-50 game. Um, you would definitely, you would say that the Niners-Seahawks is always 50-50, divisional rivals. Um, and, and honestly, I wouldn't 
declare one of those teams being much better than the other at all right now, even after this weekend. Um, the Seahawks then would have the Texans. That's a winnable uh, for sure. Then they'd be playing at L.A. Don't like that one at all. Uh, would have picked the Rams. Then they had the Bears. That was winnable. And then the Lions. So one, two, let's go. I would have said three, that Bears, four, maybe five were winnable. Is that Bears in Chicago or in Seattle? Uh, it's in Seattle. Okay. In Seattle. They do have them. They've, they uh, um, really, yeah. I mean, that four or five, that's all I would have given them. That's a, I mean, at that point, we're talking seven, eight wins for the Seahawks. Right now, I'm saying they get six. Yeah. And That's where I'm at. We we talked about early on in the season. I my speculation was that the Rams and the Niners were going to have the best records in our division, and then the Seahawks would be the worst record in our division, but would probably to the eye test be better than the Cardinals. Obviously, that's totally wrong right now. Yeah, we were, we were wrong about that. I there's with the gauntlet they had too. to start the season, and then obviously with the Russell Wilson injury. Um, I just don't even think now that he's back, they're going to have enough in the tank to really do anything um, against most of these teams. So it, Russell Wilson being out uh, for the very first time, by the way, yeah, uh, is a momentum killer. And uh, I think we're seeing that play out for the Seahawks right now. They are suffering in, in, in a way that we, as a 49er fan, I have watched my team suffer these last two years. Uh, losing quarterback is a big deal in yeah. the NFL. And uh, right now, they're just trying to find an identity and a way to put points on the board, certainly after they put none on the board this weekend. Yeah, and their identity is seemingly still under Carroll to pound the football, and you don't even have a guy like Chris Carson suiting up for you anymore. Right. So, I, you know, expected to be back this week, by yeah, the way. Yeah. Uh, Alex Collins had gotten the start but uh, this I, last I, Sunday. It, at this point, if you have to rely on Chris Carson to be healthy to have a game plan, then you, you're, your depth doing is things lacking wrong. significantly. Because what are you going to do? Hand off the ball to Rashad Penny and be like, okay, go get us yeah. 80 yards rushing? Uh, I don't no. think so. No, you're, no, you're not. <laughs> I don't think so. Well, the only other two games we didn't mention uh, at this point, uh, we, we talked about the Colts uh, doing all right. Uh, they, uh, they did pick up a win against uh, Jacksonville, 23-17. Uh, not really worried about that score being even that close. That's a divisional game. Yeah. Uh, we let go of that one. Jacksonville uh, had just picked up their second win the week before against the Bills, nine to six. Just a reminder, they're playing a little tougher. Uh, good on them. Uh, maybe they are trending the right way. I'd like them to trend the right way after this next Sunday when the 49ers beat them. Um, but uh, the Patriots uh, handed out the proverbial beat down, a forty-five to seven squashing of the Browns. Really good lately. Uh, that's four and one in the last five. Uh, they uh, they are right there. I mean, they're they're right there. Uh, and you know, I, yeah, I, I forget. We also, uh, didn't mention the bills murdering the jets. Who cares? Yeah. Um, but they're a half game out, um, because the bills have not yet, uh, taken their buy. Um, those, I mean, I'm just saying the, if you're, you're looking at those two scores, I know it's 45, 17 and 45, seven, the Browns are a better team for sure than the jets. Oh yeah. Uh, absolutely. And the Patriots made them look pathetic and, and broken. And the Patriots aren't even a team that are designed to put up that many points. No, like even if it was like if it was Tom Brady well, in there, you're not putting up 45 points in a game unless you have Randy Moss on your team. Uh, some guy who I cannot pronounce his first name uh, scored two touchdowns 
uh, for <laughs> the Patriots on the ground. Uh, you know, Harris was not even starting at running back yeah. in that game. And the, it's it's another just masterclass in coaching for Absolutely. them, putting guys in positions to win. Um, I feel like a lot of us probably knew it was coming at some point. We just had to see, okay, is your rookie quarterback going to allow you to manage a game or is he going to lose you games like a lot of other rookie quarterbacks are? And yeah. he's certainly not losing you any games. Yeah. I believe he completed like 85% of his passes on Sunday or something yeah. like I, that. He's keeping uh, him in it. Pretty I, crazy. You, would, you could argue that um, you know he's, he's playing his best football right now. Um, yeah. You know, I threw for about 203 uh, this week. We did talk a little bit earlier in the week about, uh, yeah, I know you and I were on our, our way to the game. Uh, he was at 10 touchdowns, 7 interceptions going into Sunday. He's now sitting at 13 and 7. Um, if I told you that he was going to be at that uh, after week 10, you would have been like, well, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, we'll take that. We'll take it. Um, and uh, knowing that the, uh, you know, the Patriots are going to always have a consistent run game uh, under, Bill, uh, under Bill Belichick, that's uh, been some solid football from him uh, here recently. So, uh, And I'm not going to lie, you know, obviously there are some heavy hitters in the AFC, but even the, the teams atop the AFC right now are dealing with their own things. I don't think the Titans would want to see no. the New England Patriots in a wild card. Um, obviously right now they mm. wouldn't be in the wild card because they would be number one, get the bye, but... Uh, I don't think anybody would want to see them in a in a in a wild card. I don't think anybody would, would want to see them in that second round of the playoffs either. Yep. So, the uh, right now the matchups in the AFC. Speaking of, you wanted to look at it. The Titans uh, had, would have the number one seed. The Bills would be at number two. Uh, they are again just a half game up. Uh, the Ravens uh, at three at six and three, leading the AFC North. The Chiefs uh, would be the four. Uh, leading the AFC West, Steelers, and then uh, the- second in the AFC North at five, three, and one. You have to get in that tie. Patriots. And then the Patriots would take the sixth seed, uh, and uh, you get the Chargers in at the seventh uh, at five and four. Yeah. Uh, the bubble is the Bengals, who three weeks ago were the best team in the AFC. By the way, um, and- honestly, do <laughs> the Raiders the if it was right now the Patriots would play the Bills. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that'd I not think. be fun for anybody. If I'm I mean, it'd be great right. football. I I don't think either oh, no, team it'll would be the it'll be the Ravens right now. Yes, it'll yes, be, yeah, yeah. Because uh, because they get the yeah, um, yeah. The setup would be the bye. I mean, yeah. right now, you, I I would Chargers, take the I would Chargers take the Patriots right in that matchup if it were the Ravens. Personally, yes. And right now, absolutely. Because one team's trend in one direction, one yeah. team's kind of up and down. I totally agree. And with I, that. I like Harbaugh as a coach, but obviously. You know, there's a gap there in coaching, yep, um, and in execution right now in general. So, um, I I think the playoffs this year are going to be very very interesting because uh, we got all the heavy hitters over on the NFC side of things right now, but then everything over in the AFC is just so tight, and teams are just kind of now hitting stride yep. to where I I don't want to play those teams that look like, you know, they're five and four, six and three right now. So well and if you and speaking of the NFC and the playoff picture, uh, as we're wrapping up NFL here, uh, Packers right now hold the first seed after demolishing the Seahawks. Um the uh the Cardinals took that loss but are sitting at uh with the second seed uh, at eight and two and first in the NFC West. 
Cowboys are at seven and two, first in the NFC East. Uh, the Buccaneers, first in the NFC South, six and three. Uh, the Rams are at seven and three. I uh, even have taken the other in second place there in the NFC West. Uh, Saints at six. Five yeah, it doesn't and four. look like much has changed with the playoff picture Pan- since last week. Right, and Panthers uh, would be at uh, five and five uh, on the on the seven there. Uh, the Vikings are and the 49ers are your bubble teams along with the Falcons at four and five. Um, so still very doable for those teams yeah. right around 500 uh, trying to make the playoffs. I would right now probably anticipate the... Um, well, I guess we'll see what happens with the Panthers now that Cam's there. I, I don't know how I feel about the Saints right now, just with the quarterback situation. I don't know if there's really a consistent enough um, quarterback play from them to really hang in there as we get towards the end of the season. So I would mm-hmm. almost expect the Niners, if they can continue, to bump in like one of those people sure. out. Uh, and then the Vikings, the Vikings are the most 50-50 team in football, so who knows with them. Yeah, I but. think the 49ers have the team. It's being whole and being healthy and riding that momentum. Again, they do have uh, some stretches where that schedule is a little kinder to them. Uh, and uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can pick up some Ws in the coming weeks and maybe creep into that playoff race and get off the bubble. Um, but uh, schedule will kind of dictate uh, if that momentum goes. want to check in uh, with our uh, college football and our Oregon teams. I mentioned the Beavers. Uh, did get a win on Saturday and made themselves bowl eligible. Uh, the Ducks got a convincing win over Washington State, which is a team that has been a menace for them uh, the last several years. And uh, picked up a, not not just a win, but a, like a, a genuinely good win, uh, which I think the, the Ducks are clearly in need of some style points here as they're closing out uh, the Pac-12 schedule. They're going to get the opportunity uh, for some really good style points uh, I, against Utah uh, this week, which we're going to get to in the pick'em in a moment. Anthony Brown uh, had probably his most balanced game. I uh, had over 100 yards uh, rushing uh, as well as passing. Uh, he actually, in a run game, looked really good. I, 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 I've been very critical of Anthony Brown as a quarterback, uh, but not as a runner. And uh, this week, he, uh, he definitely showed the running prowess did a heck of a job uh, moving the ball down the field. Uh, other than uh, a uncharacteristic fumble by Troy Dye, uh, the Ducks sat in the driver's seat for the majority of this game. Uh, were able to move the ball up and down the field really well. Uh, the bend don't break defense did show itself at times with the in regards to uh, the amount of time being taken on the clock on the sustained drives that Washington State was able to get. Uh, as I was watching the game, I'm going, okay, get off the field. Okay, get off the field. And I found myself saying that more and more uh, throughout the game. And that's something uh, that you're you're always going to get with the bend, don't break. Uh, you're going to give up first downs, but you don't give up touchdowns. And then you're putting it back on your offense to score. And uh, the uh, that was kind of how the game went. But what the Ducks have been doing, they continue doing, uh, They uh, for the third week in a row, uh, we're able to get over 300 yards rushing, uh, which is ridiculous. Uh, Die had a great game. Cardwell had a great game uh, as well, stepping in that two roll. Uh, and then, uh, as mentioned, uh, Brown with over 100 yards. Uh, it was a awesome balance attack where that game was genuinely won for the Ducks, though, was in the trenches. That offensive line is clicking with the loss of Ryan Walk. That was a, that was a bummer for the Ducks uh, at center. 
Um, but uh, they moved over. Oh, I'm going to forget his name now. Uh, the right tackle, uh, which I thought was really weird. You go from right tackle to center. Uh, it's a it's a very large center uh, <laughs> for to move over from that position. I think he stands at about six five and a half. Uh, Not usually what you see a center at. No, uh, usually centers are in that. Centers are the Gimleys of the offensive line. Yeah, uh, you you want them to be right around three hundred pounds, and that's six two six three, and usually the short guy, like I said. Yep. Uh, on on the offensive line, that's not necessarily how it always goes, uh, but for the Ducks, it has been. That's for sure. Um, a little uncharacteristic, but again, that offensive line just looked in control uh, throughout the game, and Washington State uh, struggled uh, mightily to stop any run play coming their direction. Uh, and it was just another good win for the Ducks. Uh, checking into the. Uh, College football playoff picture. The update's coming in tonight. Um, I wish uh, I wish we were recording tomorrow so we'd include this, but yeah. it is it is what it is. We did see some of the AP uh, top 10 on the way up here, mm-hmm. but, you know. It, the AP polls and uh, uh, ESPN polls, they, uh, they're polling uh, the SEC, SEC teams uh, into those top two spots. Um, right now... Uh, Georgia is sitting at one. Alabama is at two. Cincinnati's at three. And Oregon is at four. Um, not loving uh, Alabama necessarily sitting there at two, but I understand um, their, their one loss is a better loss than the Ducks' loss. Yeah. So I, I do get that. Um, and I think, I think we're going to see at some point here, I mean, Cincinnati was vulnerable against Toledo. They're going to be vulnerable and and lose a game somewhere possibly. Uh, here I wouldn't be surprised weeks. to see when when everything drops uh, when we get the college football uh, top twenty five. I wouldn't be surprised to see Oregon hurdle Cincinnati personally. But. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't be surprised if if we're sitting at Georgia one, Alabama two, uh, Oregon three, Cincinnati four, or they've. Loved Ohio State. Yeah. Um, and I think the eye test matters. Ohio State also obviously has a much more difficult schedule than Cincinnati does. Uh, you could you could easily say they also have a much more difficult schedule than Oregon. True. Um, outside of when those two teams play each other early in the season. So that'll be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, my my prediction right now as it stands today, I I really like uh, Georgia. At the one, uh, I'm I'm taking this on the premise that Oregon wins out. Uh, Oregon at the two, and Georgia's going to have to beat Alabama. That's what I'm stating when I say Georgia yeah. at the one um, in the SEC championship game. Uh, beat Alabama. So Georgia at the one, Oregon at the two, um, Ohio State at the three, Cincinnati at the four. Uh, that's that's me right now. Get an Oregon uh, Ohio State rematch. rematch. I think that is good TV and draws a great national crowd. And then Georgia just obliterates Cincinnati in embarrassing fashion. Yeah. I think if Cincinnati makes it, it's because they've uh, literally the playoff committee has no choice. It's because Alabama would have lost. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We had a pretty lengthy conversation about this the other night, um, and I don't see a two-loss Alabama team yeah. still making it. No, and that's be and and that's a, a lot of credit to the way uh, that the Big Ten is playing. Uh, there is no team uh, in the twelve that's going to make it. 
yeah. at this point. Uh, Oklahoma said bye bye, <laughs> and that that dream we is were never over. really big on them anyways. No, to they were going to lose at some point. It was inevitable. Uh, and thank you for getting that out of the way, so we can we can get to some better teams. Yeah, uh, basically how I'm feeling about that. But that's that's my prediction right now for the four. Uh, and uh, we will uh, we'll see where it gets to. I wanted to do something real quick that was a little different. Um, I'm going to ask you, uh, Jameson is more of our, our resident NBA guy. Okay. okay? Um, okay. I'm going to ask you to name this team. I'm going to give you their record, and, I, and I'll even give you their home and away. I want okay. to try and guess this team so far in the season. Interesting. Okay? All right. Uh, I did not tell him we were going to do this. It's, yeah. it's just fun. This is uh, off the cuff. It might be a little obvious. You, you, you watch standings pretty decently, so let's see. Uh, this team, I'll, I'll even be nice. How about this? I'll give you the conference just for fun. Okay. I'll be nice. Uh, this team is an Eastern team. They are 10-3. and three. They are 6-1 and one at home. They are 4-2 and two away. Name that team. The Washington Wizards? You are correct. They, I, right now, uh, in conference, are eight and three. They look real good. They look really good. Kyle uh, Kuzma has been playing really well for them, and he's been getting trolled relentlessly for LeBron winning him a ring. Dinwiddie? Dinwiddie Holy is fantastic. Yeah. KCP's been playing really well. Yep. Guys that, you know, the Lakers would love to have that are thriving on other teams. KCP is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Another one uh, in Chicago right now. Yeah, Caruso playing really four. well, um, holding it down for them. So it's, uh, I really like the East right now. I think the East is more exciting than the West. Personally. Well, the the West is the uh, the West has if the playoffs were today, um, the West, sorry, the little, little cough there, um, the West is a little weaker overall. Um, you see the uh, the lines drawn. Um, they would have three teams at 500 or worse making it into uh, the top 10. Yeah. Uh, the East uh, would have one. Now, so, the, some of the issue with that is obviously like when you look at a Lakers, the team, one of the teams that everybody is pretty much like, this is going to be a guaranteed playoff spot, health, you know, aside. Um, they've obviously had a rough start to the season with LeBron missing quite a few games at this point. Lakers would be in. They'd be eight and seven. They they would be, but they're not what we thought they would be, which is kind of where like when you just do the eye test of, okay, let me look at my East teams versus my West teams, who is really thriving, who would I feel really confident with, and who also has really nice records. Uh, The Lakers are not in that conversation. Um, They are letting too many teams back into games that they should not. Uh, they've lost to OKC twice, I think, at this point. Yeah. So um, they should not be losing. Yeah. So the West, <laughs> the West is definitely more of a toss up right now. Like even the Blazers, as we talked about, they're they're really up and down. They're a, a perennial playoff team at this point um, in the West. But um, that's where the I think the playing games this year are probably going to be the most interesting that they've ever been. Um, because there hasn't really Still don't been like a year. I am I a big fan. Like it. I'm I know a big you fan it. of the playing game. Um, this is going to be the first year where we actually have a full season worth of um, home court advantages and home court advantages that now in play-in games are going to mean something. So I think it's going to be a really interesting playoff scenario when we get to there. Um, 
Because I think of the teams that are going to pull away in the West, it's probably going to be like the, the three. The three I have my eye on is the Suns, and it's going to be uh, in some order the Jazz because they always play well in the regular season. Denver and the Suns, I think, are the three teams that are going to pull away. Um, the Clippers are looking really good even without Kawhi right now because Paul George is doing his thing. Started off bad. They started off pretty bad, but now he's he's really locking it in. Uh, they're starting Seven to play pretty well. Seven one in their last eight. Yeah. And um, handed the Blazers a couple of L's in there. Um, but the uh, the West is going to be really interesting. It feels like it's almost a role reversal where all the star power was always in the West, uh, minus like LeBron, you know. Um, but like the Heat are also playing really well. Like I wouldn't want to face the Heat at all. We've already talked about Washington. We've already talked about Chicago. Um, you have some really exciting teams over there like um, the Hornets. They're a really exciting, really explosive team. Um, obviously the Bucks, the defending champions. I wouldn't want to play them, even though their record has been a little on and off. Um, Giannis has kind of been in and out, not playing as much. Um, Middleton's obviously been out. So um, it's still early. There's a lot of basketball to be played, but some things um, are telling even this early into a season. And when a team like Chicago, for example, can lose their starting four and five and still come out there and and win games without a couple of them so far. Yeah, without Vucevic, um, DeRozan's having a career year. There's some scary teams yep. in the East, and and we haven't even talked about Brooklyn, who is now starting to kind of hit stride. Harden's yep. been having some good games. KD is still making his MVP case. So it's I, I'm really excited for this basketball season. Obviously, I hope our Blazers kind of turn up a little bit, um, and obviously, I hope LeBron can be back and be healthy. I have him on many fantasy teams. Yeah, uh, I also okay. just love watching LeBron play as much as I don't like the Lakers. Um, I, I think the West will kind of pick things back up, but the uh, the East has kind of been where my eye has been at so yep. far this season. I got a couple more for you. So this team is also in the Eastern Conference. Okay. They are outside the top 10. They are 6-8. and eight. They are 1-4 and four at home and 5-4 and four away. Boston? No, that is Milwaukee. Okay, that makes sense. Milwaukee with a slow start. Obviously, Middleton's been out uh, with COVID protocols uh, for a solid like week and a Another half. Another guy on my fantasy Two weeks, team. I think, by the time he actually plays. Yeah, yeah. same. Yeah. Um, but that one's been a surprising start. We expect they'll probably turn that. A couple more. Uh, we'll flip to the other conference, though. Um, this team is 9-4. and four. They are 6-1 at, at home. Three and three away again. Western Conference team. What was their overall record again? Nine and four. Nine and four. That's not the Clippers, is it? It is not. No, you're you're one win off, one loss off. That is Dallas. 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 I know uh, Luca just right had now. some injury scare the other night, but they said that everything knee and ankle related was all clear. I didn't catch what mm-hmm. happened, but uh, they uh, they were another team that started off pretty slow. Um, to start the season. Uh, Freaking Porzingis never wants to stay on the court, but he's actually had a couple of solid games recently. But Um, flipping that record around, this team is four and nine. They've won two at home and two away. Also Western Conference. That feels like the Spurs, but I don't know. You are correct. Okay. Um, the yeah, Spurs are sitting at four and nine, 
And uh, angry coach is getting angry right now, by the way. Uh, if you're watching any of those press conferences, that's some Pop. good TV. <laughs> he's, he is losing his mind. Uh, but, I mean, he's got a very young team. Lots of new start. I mean, I think two two of his dudes have never started a game before. Yeah, and I mean, you also lose a guy like Patty Mills, who just hit yeah. nine threes the other night. Yep. So, um, I mean, I, I have some, some spur fantasy uh, concerns like Dejounte Murray has actually been pretty solid. Yeah, yes, uh, it's big nights for you. Yeah, um, so that was uh, I feel good about that pickup. But other than that, they uh, it's it's going to be another year for Coach Pop, and I feel bad because <laughs> to me he is one of those like Mount Rushmore. It's hard to be a Mount Rushmore NBA coach because there's so many great ones. But to me, he's a Mount Rushmore NBA coach. I, I think that's a um, consideration pick for sure. And um, you know he. Just his level of consistency for multiple decades to now be handed a team that doesn't have, like, even DeMar DeRozan, who became a really good playmaker for them, not just a mid-range scorer, um, now he just kind of has to watch yeah. them try to put stuff together and, and almost be what, like, he, he's kind of had his Belichickian kind of things where he can just insert oh, sure. guys and, and win and get production. Uh, which is why I picked a guy like DeJounte Murray in my fantasy draft. But there, in the NFL, or in the NBA rather, in comparison to the NFL, there is just a talent gap that if you don't have the talent in the NBA, it's much harder to win games than it is on an NFL roster that maybe doesn't have as much talent. Sure, um, There's a little bit more in, in the coaching scheme in the NFL, obviously. Well, uh, then basketball. I'm glad that you said Belichick's name and you brought in the NFL comparison because I... I want to get into our would you rathers and uh, for this I'm opening up our microphones uh, we've got our buddies uh, Mike and Ben in the vehicle with us we have our friend Sean too but he's driving so we're not putting a mic in front of his face yeah, this is not, uh, that seems dangerous I want to finish this episode so. yeah alive yes yeah I don't want this to be well, like, like the it, last thing that my family hears in my voice yeah. I mean it could make for good content um, so we're going to open up the microphones would love uh, some other uh, thoughts on these some of it's just fun uh, and uh, in general, but uh, we got some hypotheticals here uh, that I'm going to throw out. Uh, we'll hit the, uh, um, let's do bad news first, uh, if you want to. You want to throw yours to Mike, and then I'll uh, go back and forth with Ben here. Yeah, and him let and me I see can if both I can answer. untangle myself. Okay. Uh, I'll do the first one since you're maneuvering around your cord at the moment. Um. Our first would you rather today is would you rather give bad news to Bill Belichick or to Nick Saban? I'll let you think on it for a moment while I answer. But uh, Bill Belichick or Nick Saban is our, our first one. Um, I, I don't have like a super strong opinion here because I'm terrified of both of these men in general. Um, but I feel like Belichick's going to yell less. Like, he's going to tell you how dumb you are, uh, and probably you're never going to want to speak to him ever again, but I, I feel like he's going to yell less. So I'll, I'll go Belichick just because I'm maybe a little more scared of Nick Saban. That's me. Ben? Uh, hey, what's up, guys? This is Ben. Um, I, I got to go with Saban because, you know, it, I, I can take some yelling, and, and Matt, I totally 100% agree with what you're saying there. Um, I can take some yelling, but the disappointment, uh, that's, that's going to be what's tough for me. I just, just the, uh, 
just the grimace, the the silence, and you just know you let him down. I I just I don't want to deal with that. That classic Bill Belichick, you're an idiot look. I don't know if I I don't know if I'm a player or somebody around him that I even want to ever see that. I feel, like he's he's this is the guy you just want to impress. Yeah, completely. Mike coming in on the other mic here, uh, microphone here, <laughs> but I I totally agree, Mike. I think. <clears throat> I think he's just going to stare you down and just see inside your soul and hate it and then make you understand that he hates it. And then you're going to start to hate yourself. I think that's exactly what would happen. Um, And I think Nick Saban, I could just, he he could yell at me. I had to just roll off my shoulders. I mean, I've been yelled at before in my life. It's it's no big deal. But that like, look up to you, fatherly figure of look of disappointment that Belichick's just going to look at you and then walk away. And you're going to be like, I think I just died a little inside. I, I just don't like yelling. Maybe that's what I'm just weak, but I just don't like yelling. Jameson. Um, I would rather probably deliver that news to Nick Saban. Um, I'm alone. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to get cut by the Patriots. (laughs) So I, no one is immune. Plus, I mean like Saban, I, I think does really good with his program when it comes to like giving guys those chances and like has the understanding, like these guys are kids. So there's, I'm more prepared for that bad news when you're a professional and you're also dealing with Belichick. um, I, I don't want to walk up to a guy that has a sleeveless hoodie on who's not going to be happy regardless of what I say and then tell him something bad. Yeah. I, I I guess I don't blame anybody again. It's like pick your poison here, but I don't blame anybody for not wanting to, uh, you know, get talked down to by Darth hoodie. Yeah. And he's scary. I get it. Um, our next one, uh, I'll give it over to Jameson for, uh, I don't know, we can we can go wherever with it from there. Okay. I don't have, yeah, I need to read off your device. I only have so it's many true. things I can hold. Uh, this one here, would you rather, and oh, you skipped down a couple. Um, so we want to do the, with 130 on the clock, would you rather need to stop the Bills uh, with the Bills defense or give Tom the ball. So basically, who do you trust more in that situation? The Bills defense or Tom with the ball, minute 30 left on the clock? Uh, okay, so Bills right now have the number one defense in the league. Tom is coming off of not a Tom week. Uh, that was probably, you know, man, it probably his worst game of the year. And that's just saying something because it wasn't that bad. Yeah. But um, right now, like this week, I'm going to do it with that premise. I'll take the Bills. Just because they have literally been able to stop everybody. Okay. Uh, so I'll, I'll take the Bills right now. Yeah. I think Tom Brady still hates the Bills because he played in New England for 20 years. Um, and... I still think, even though they had a bad game this last week, if it's not for them giving up a touchdown, our whole thing was uh, don't give Tom Brady the ball with the chance to score and win the game because that's going to happen. So um, I, even though he didn't have a great week last week, we still had that feeling like, don't let that happen. They didn't have the chance to, so it didn't happen. Um, But I, until I see something otherwise, um, which I haven't really seen the Bills do it in big time, even though their team is excellent right now, uh, especially defensively. I don't want to go against the GOAT until further notice. Ben, who you got? Um, I'm going to be with Jameson on this one. I mean, 
there have been a lot of good defenses that Brady's come up against, and it's it's usually Brady coming out on top. And if I don't think there's anything scarier than Tom Brady with the ball and less than one score difference. So he's the goat for a reason. I'm going with Tom every time. If I have a chance to win, and 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 I have the choice between Bill's defense and Tom Brady, it's got to be Tom Brady. Mike, who are you taking? I I've got Tom Brady all night long. It's uh, great quarterbacks overcome great defenses with a minute to go when the game's online. You know, you look back in the history, uh, you didn't want to be any team against Joe Montana in the Super Bowl with a minute left, and they were only down by five. Joe Montana wins every time. Um, Tom Brady's the same way. A minute left in the game, he has the ball. He's only down by four or five. You're all like, okay, everybody knows in the room. Tom Brady, it, this is his game to lose. It's not the other. It's not the defense can't stop him if if he doesn't make a mistake. Aaron, um, Aaron Rodgers is kind of the same way. We saw it earlier this year against the 49ers. Um, Thirty seconds, yep. and he goes down and scores the winning touchdown and just walks off like nothing happened. Like because you put a linebacker on a, on Devonta Adams. Just saying, <laughs> just saying. I great quarterbacks win yeah. over great defenses in those situations because they just know where they're going. It's just the way it is. I feel like you all just want to disagree with me, and that's fine. I can handle that. I can totally take that. Uh, we're going to keep on going down the list, and we'll see if you guys maybe want to agree with me at least once. All right, so this next one is, would you rather take the Lakers or Philly to make their conference championship right now? The key being right now. Yeah, neither. T- both teams sitting around 500 on their respective sides. Embiid is hurt. Uh, and not playing, uh, and Ben Simmons is holding out. LeBron is hurt and not playing, and that team looks incredibly dysfunctional when he's not out there. So obviously, we we picked that because it's hard to see like a clear picture. Uh, I trust LeBron all day. I I I would say that I feel like in the East, outside of like three teams, there's a clear path. There there is so. If some injuries happen, some different things go down, I still think, I mean, the 76ers have been good without Ben Simmons and and played well without him. Yeah, they were really good for a stretch uh, towards the beginning of the season before Embiid started missing more games. Right, um, and and I mean, Maxie's playing really well. Uh, Seth for Curry has been having a really yep. good season. So, I mean, they still have Harris, uh, Tobias Harris. Um, they're, they're a good team, but it's LeBron. I mean, it's yeah. LeBron and Anthony Davis. The, so the that's thing me. is here, when you have to consider, like, the injury stuff, obviously, like, LeBron now, it's more just kind of, like, weird nagging stuff. Uh, Embiid is, like, however many years younger than LeBron and plays fewer games than LeBron on a year-to-year basis. Yeah. Um, the, the other key here would just be Anthony Davis because I don't think, like, even as good as LeBron is, I don't think, you obviously don't win it without LeBron. I don't even think you win it with LeBron without Anthony Davis. Um, in my opinion, they don't well, have. Can you the, get the depth to the conference that. championship with just LeBron? I don't think so. Huh. At the top of the West, I don't think so. Um, because as good as LeBron is, and you will never hear me say anything bad about LeBron, um, I just think if it's, I think Phoenix is just as good as they were last mm, year, if not a little go. bit better. Uh, I think the Nuggets. Um, when healthy, which we're still waiting for Murray to come back. Right. Um, uh, the Warriors 
um, I think are the most surprising team right now uh, in the West. I, I actually forget. I didn't even mention them earlier when I was talking about my top three teams. When Clay comes back, they're going to be pretty scary. They play. Yeah, they're already number one without him. Yeah, they play the most beautiful brand of basketball uh, that there is right now. Um, and Steph is as much Steph as he's always been. So uh, I'll still take, in this case, the Lakers because of LeBron, but it it's like the Rams, right? Like if if you lose one of those guys, mm-hmm. then you're like, okay, um, now what? So right. we'll, we'll kind of see what happens there. But if they stay healthy, I mean, any team that has two of the eight best players in basketball, it has a chance. And I don't think the Sixers have that even if Embiid's healthy. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Mike, we'll have you go first on this one. Yeah, I'm a, I'm in agreement. I would take LeBron over on any team, just about over anybody else on that. Like, can they make it to the championship or the finals or championship game? He's he's King James for a reason. And this is a guy growing up watching Michael Jordan be the best ever. And, and I'm still, like, impressed every time he gets out on the court and wills a team with nobody else on it to win games it's it's incredible to watch and and that's the kind of trust i guess that he's built up as a fan that i'm like i'll, I'll take lebron james and a lakers team to squeeze somehow squeeze into that game over a oft injured 76er star that is like eh, he's really good when he's out there but can he will a team like that to beat and get there against real good competition Ben, who are you taking? Uh, oh, man. Um, I honestly don't think either one making it that far. But uh, if I have to pick between those two, I'm going to be contrarian with you guys. I'm going with, the, with Philadelphia. Um, I mean, the Lakers were old last year. And they were like, hey, let's get older. So I just... I don't see the Lakers pulling it together. I can almost hear their creaking joints from up here in Oregon. So I, I think LeBron, obviously fantastic, fantastic career that I think obviously it's going to, he's going to keep going, but it's winding down and you know, you, you don't, you beat, you can't beat time mm-hmm. and he's fantastic. All time. Great. Nothing against him. I just do not trust the Lakers. I, I don't think they're making it this year. I don't think they're going to be healthy enough uh, come that time of year, um, much like last year. 76ers, very similar. Embiid, uh, Jameson, you mentioned, he's a lot younger. He can bounce back. He is injury prone. But if I had to pick between those two teams, I'm going with Philadelphia. Well, I think there's also something to be said uh, for... Uh, you know, LeBron won it with LA uh, at a certain age uh, in a shortened season. Uh, he didn't have to be healthy for 82 and, you know, and uh, and go for the deep dive on the playoffs in addition to that. Yeah. So there, there's something to be said for that. I, I'm, I'm not a guy that says, you know, the ring's cheaper because... Uh, there was less games because it everybody played everybody with played the same circumstance well, in the same circumstance and genuinely the playoffs are the playoffs yeah okay there's 10 teams that made it on each side and he beat down uh, on his 10 or on the other nine that he had to take care of on it did his part i understand he didn't play yeah. all nine teams calm down people <laughs> but he won the western conference and got it done i just don't think it is age he is going to be able to to have that stamina 
that he has had for so long yeah. and continue to beat down uh, night after night after night. Uh, so I think while I do, I do see them having a possible better path uh, to the Western Conference because of the team that they possess. Um, I, uh, I do think uh, there's just something to be said for that. Uh, Philly, there, there's not a, we don't know what the East is yet. A lot of that stuff is new. Yeah. You know, the, the Washington thing, that could be a fluke. It, it could be. Um, the Bulls are still putting it together. Although that, when that starting five's in, they're flipping good. Yeah. Uh, there's also a, uh, just a matchup issue in the East, I think. Yeah. Um, if you were to tell me, okay, Philadelphia is going to play either right now, um, like even if we're not considering teams that are really hot this year, like Chicago and uh, like the Wizards, um, I don't think they beat the Bucks. I don't really think they beat Brooklyn either. Uh, if if Brooklyn is healthy, because if Kevin Durant's out, then obviously they don't have a chance. But I I mean, even uh, last year, you know, we were a Kevin Durant toe on the line from Brooklyn going yeah. to the finals, basically. So um, I, I still think those are the teams to beat out there, despite their records maybe not being what we would think they would be right now. Um, but uh, and that's not to say the path is going to be any easier in the West, even though they're kind of underperforming. You know, some of those teams that we would expect to maybe be in that top five, you know, seeds uh, in the West. There is also a, a coaching uh, discrepancy, I think. Uh, as many 3-1 leads as Doc Rivers has blown in his career as a coach in the playoffs, um, I think Doc Rivers is clearly a better coach than Frank Vogel, not to take anything away from Frank Vogel. There's a reason he was out of the league for however long he was out of the league. Um, and I also think they have, because of that coaching, uh, some lineup issues. Um, AD has said many times, I'll play the five, and then never wants to play the five. I don't think you can win if you're having to play him at the four and then put somebody else in at the five, there's not enough space. Russell uh, Westbrook can't shoot anyways. Uh, and now you're just clogging the paint with another big man with AD and then a guard that can't shoot. So it's tough. Yeah. All right. So it looks like this is our last one, which is almost kind of coming full circle to one we had at the beginning of this yes. podcast. Um, which right now it would be, would you rather take Georgia or the field for the national championship? Earlier we had, would you rather take Bama or the field? That's obviously changed. We did. So uh, at this point, would you rather take Georgia or the field for the national championship? Uh, I'm going to go last on this one. Uh, so I, I don't, I don't want to drop that just yet. Uh, ben, who are you taking? Um, man, as much as I love my ducks and hope for their success, I, I got to take Georgia uh, versus the field. From from what I've seen in college football this year, Georgia is just head and shoulders uh, above the pack. Even the perennial powerhouse Alabama, I just I just don't see it this year. They've they played a lot of close games and games that uh, traditionally they would be blowing the team out, uh, losing to an unranked A and M. Albeit A and M is a great football team, uh, but I just I just haven't seen from Bama what I normally see from them every year. So I, I gotta say I really believe that Georgia in the SEC championship is gonna win that game. I think it's gonna be pretty handily, and beyond Alabama and Georgia, I just don't see any of the other conferences, other teams 
really challenging them. I think Georgia versus the field, I think Georgia really has it this year. Jameson, who are you taking, Georgia or the field? I'm going to take Georgia as well. Um, and I think this is probably going to be the popular opinion amongst most of us, if I had to guess. Um, I could be wrong. Matt's been you know, picking the opposite for most of these. Um, but even though earlier in this season, um, I was you know, pretty much like it's Bama until further notice. I'm taking Bama against the field. Uh, it has been further notice. And Georgia has been just dismantling teams. Um, and I think they're going to, um, I agree, probably beat Bama pretty handily in the SEC championship. And, you know, we're also out here, I, I think kind of outside of Oregon, we're kind of splitting hairs on who the other team is even going to be in the playoff. Mm-hmm. And if we're splitting hairs, which, you know, no offense, I think Georgia smacks Oregon pretty hard. Uh, and so if we're splitting hairs outside of, you know, Alabama and Oregon, I don't really feel confident in any other team. Um, you know, is Cincinnati going to beat them? No. Is Ohio State going to beat them? No. If somehow Wake Forest gets in there, absolutely not. Um, and, and I don't even think any of those Michigan teams, if they got in, would be able to have a chance either. So um, I think it's Georgia by a mile at this point. Um, and I usually I would like to be proven wrong in some of these things because I like the underdog, but I would also not mind to have Georgia be our, our national champions this year. So. I'll be rooting for the Bulldogs. Okay. I hear you. Um, Mike, Georgia or the field? I'd probably have to go with, man, it's hard because uh, that defense is phenomenal. And I don't know if there's an offense in college football that can even score more than 20 on that team. Um, their, their, their offense, the Georgia offense, is suspect at times, um, but they deal with so many short fields that they make it look easy. Uh, but if anybody can stop Georgia, it's going to be Alabama. And if anybody can stop Georgia twice, it's going to be Alabama because of Nick Saban. And so uh, until, until I see Saban not compete for a national championship, I'm, I'm still going to say the field because there's too many chances for Saban to uh, out-coach uh, that Georgia Bulldogs team. The, I'm, I'm going to run it back, and, and this is a... This is a with all due respect to what Mike just said, because I, I, he's obviously right. Historically, uh, you know, in recent history and not so recent history, uh, Nick Saban in Alabama is a, is a recipe for disaster for the rest of college football. Um, but this is how complete Georgia is. And I, I think we've taken it for granted. Uh, week one, they come out and, and it's week one and you're against a top tier coach. Uh, in uh, Mr. Swinney at uh, Clemson, and they win 10-3. to 3. And we go, okay, you know, that's Clemson. Holy cow, I can't believe Clemson didn't score points. We didn't know what we know now about Clemson. They are far off and uh, not the team of old. Um, we understand also, too, they've graduated a lot. But uh, after that, they play their cupcake, uh, University of Alabama, Birmingham, 56-7. Then they get into the SEC. Uh, South Carolina, 40 to 13. Vanderbilt, which they should murder, I get. 62 nothing. Arkansas, the only ranked team that they have played, and, and, and Mike's smile can get a little wider on that one, 37 to nothing. Uh, Kentucky, who has been ranked, I should, I should include, has been ranked, uh, 30 to 13. Florida, 34 to 7. 
Missouri, 43 to 6. Tennessee, 41 17. Uh, I missed the Auburn game, 34 10. Uh, Auburn, also the other ranked opponent or has been ranked opponent. They've got a cupcake against uh, Charleston Southern <laughs> to finish out here. And they've Ooh. got, yeah, I know. And uh, it's one of those teams that Alabama also plays at this time of year. It's just good money for the program. Yeah. And uh, and then they've got uh, Georgia Tech to finish out in their annual tradition game that they play. Uh, rivalry game. Not much of a rivalry these days, but it had been. So looking at, at, at their schedule, you know you're going to wipe the floor in the next two. And those are really just tune-up games for the SEC Championship, uh, which will come early in... Uh, December and clearly be their biggest test. They have completely wiped the floor with their schedule. They are obviously right now deserving of the number one ranking. No one here is disputing that. And nobody's trying to say that Alabama today uh, deserves that or is or is necessarily better, uh, if you will, from a top to bottom standpoint. And I don't think Mike is even making the point that Alabama is better from a top to bottom standpoint. Is the but it still stands. The question is, and this is really what you're asking: Is Georgia more talented than Nick Saban's coaching right now? Can because does Nick Saban have enough at his disposal to coach up and win and defeat Georgia's talent? And that's no knock to a coaching staff of Georgia, um, but Nick Saban's just that brilliant. So is your team good enough to do it? I think this year they definitely are. And, and I think that says more about the fact that Alabama is rebuilding. Uh, they're rebuilding an offensive line. I understand that Bryce Young is in consideration for the Heisman right now as the favorite for the Heisman, which is really just telling you how bad college football is across the board this year because Bryce Young's not that good. Um, he's not. And, uh, I, and genuinely, uh, also to... Uh, they they're rebuilding from uh, a defensive standpoint. They're very young, um, and uh, and they just don't have the running game nor the offensive line that they have had in years past. So all that said, I'm taking Georgia, but I'm doing it because Alabama doesn't have anything like they have had in years past. And uh, and while I certainly am a respecter of Nick Saban and his coaching prowess, I just think this year. Alabama's in a certain place that they haven't been necessarily in years past. And so I see Georgia taking it. Yeah. Uh, we've got just a few more things to hit uh, here uh, as we're wrapping up. Uh, yeah, in just we, got, a moment. we got 20% on the old mobile setup here, so we'll make it snappy. <laughs> we're going to go quick through the pick them. Uh, this next week, we talked a lot about college football today, which is awesome. Uh, this next week, we've got uh, Oregon uh, taking on number 24, Utah, number three, Oregon, at number 24, Utah. Uh, we're going to go quick through the pick here. I am taking... I am taking Oregon, but hear the hesitation in my voice. This game does make me nervous. Ben, ben made some good points earlier about the difficulty in playing in Utah, and I agree with that. Um, but I am, I'm going to take Oregon in a, in a closer than I would like matchup. I'm going to take Oregon... Uh, but that's because I think that if Oregon does somehow drop a game uh, before the end of the year, it's going to somehow be to the Beavers just because. Yeah. So, um, plus the uh, you know rushing for 300 yards is a very sustainable path to winning. 
Um, and so I'm going to take the Ducks. Um, I don't even think they're going to lose to the Beavers, by the way. But if they do drop one, it's going to be that in a very stupid fashion. Yeah. So, uh, Next up in college football is number seven, Michigan State at number four, Ohio State. Uh, that game is going to be a brutal one. But here's the thing. Ohio State is playing lights out. And I, I got to give it to them. I, I'm going to go Ohio State at home. Uh, as a Duck fan, I've never been less excited for a football game than I was <laughs> when uh, we, we traveled to the shoe and got the win this year. Um, I did not think that was going to happen, really, honestly. I was just hoping to be close so we'd be in consideration yeah. at the end of the year. So uh, I'm going to take Ohio State. They're playing dynamite football right now. And uh, Stroud is, by the way, number two in consideration for the Heisman as a freshman at the moment. Yeah, and I think the key here is that it's in uh, Ohio State. Um, I If it was either an away game or on neutral ground, I might be more inclined to swing the other way. Um, but I think Ohio State not only is playing their best football, but they're playing at home. So, in this case, take the home team. I'm going Ohio State. All right, I'm pushing this next one right at you, moving into the NFL. Bengals at Raiders. Um, I think this is a bounce-back week for the Bengals. I'm going to pick the Bengals. I think the Raiders just have too much on their plate right now, considerably. <laughs> um, and, and I think we all understand why they have too much on their plate right now. Um, this is also a must-win game, though, for the Raiders to try to keep pace with the Chiefs, who I think are going to start trending upwards. But I, this is a must-win game for both teams. I just think the Bengals are a better team, so I want to pick the Bengals. I am actually going to go uh, with the home team in the Death Star, and I'm going to take the Raiders. I think the Bengals are who I think they are, um, and that is a not-making-the-playoffs football team. I understand wow. they have a winning record. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked. They're be not going to make the playoffs. I, I, they're just not that good or that deep. They lose Joe Mixon, season's over. Uh, and my fantasy league would also be over. <laughs> Fair point. Um, but I, I'm going to take the Raiders. I, uh, I think they have surprised us for sure. And I, I don't think, hate that. I don't uh, yeah. hate that pick. And I, I think, I think the AFC West is good. Um, they're beating up on each other, but they're good. Yeah, and uh, I think the Raiders are are right in the mix and, and going to continue to be for a bit. Um, I I'll, I'll give my hot take that uh, I still don't think they're making the playoffs either. But I Raiders? think they're winning this game. Yeah, I think they're winning this game. I, I also don't hate that either. It's it's so packed right there. It's yep. tough. Um, Cowboys at Chiefs. Both teams big wins. Offense I, is blowing and going. I'm not one to root for the Chiefs. Um. For many reasons, uh, you know, living in Missouri for a couple of years, certainly being a Rams fan, um, made me not want to cheer for them. Um, but uh, again, since it is in my best interest as an NFC playoff team, um, I would, uh, and an avid Cowboys hater, I would love for the Cowboys to lose. Um, I would love for Dak Prescott to throw for four touchdowns and 500 yards and somehow still lose. Um, but I. Uh, I think the Chiefs are putting it together. Fancy football. <laughs> I know. I think the Chiefs are going to put it together. Um, okay. uh, Pat's coming off his best week um, by a mile, and uh, they are, I think, kind of that. You know, s sharks smelling blood in the water. They're kind of now back up in that range, uh -huh. uh, and I think they're going to continue to start rattling off football games. Um, I always kind of thought it was dumb that they were losing games the way they were, anyways. 
and now that they're not turning the ball over and allowing 30 points a game, I think they're going to be just fine. I am also taking the Chiefs uh, because they're playing at Arrowhead and straight up, uh, they they are a, a good home team. Uh, they definitely are. And I think the Cowboys are going to have some up and down football. I'm not saying they're not the pride of the NFC East, but that's usually not saying much. Um, <laughs> True. And uh, I, I'm just going to go ahead and take the Chiefs this week. Uh, Mahomes on all cylinders is uh, something to be absolutely feared. Um, and uh, Kelsey and also finally had a pretty good game. Uh, yeah, he as did. Well, yeah. So. I mean, well, when Mahomes throws five, he's got to throw him to yeah. one of those two guys a lot. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take the Chiefs at home as well. Uh, last one there, Steelers at Chargers. I am taking the Chargers pretty handily okay. in this one. Um, we're, I, we're doing this with the assumption Big Ben's playing. Whether or not yeah. he's playing, I don't care. I don't think Ooh. they are all that great. Um, the hate is real, people. Uh, obviously, we like the Steelers' defense, but I've been saying for a long time... Uh, is TJ Watt okay? Uh, we, we did see him uh, on the ground grabbing his leg. Uh, so that's, you know, who knows? We probably yeah. won't know uh, until later this week, I would yeah, imagine. Yeah, we won't get updates till tomorrow. Um, but I just don't think the offense has the output, whether or not Big Ben's in there. Um so I would, yeah. And it, basically at this point, if it's a pick em, it's not the Steelers is the answer for me. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, it says TJ Watt hip knee avoided major injury. Uh, that probably means when they say that, it says one to two weeks. Yeah. Um, so I've said this before. If TJ Watt's not on the field, I'm not picking the Steelers. Uh, so I'm not picking the Steelers. I'm going to yeah. take the Chargers. They need this win right now. I'm yeah. taking that L Same from Same thing with uh, the Bengals. They're in a, we have to win right now because yeah. things are getting too tight in here. Yeah. And and they, I mean, that that loss to the Vikings this week, you, you needed that game. Um, or so the Vikings. I, I get it. it. Both teams in desperation mode, yeah. uh, seemingly, because you don't want to fall off. But, um, yeah. No TJ Watt. I'm taking the Chargers. And I don't disagree with most of the things that you said about Roethlisberger either. Uh, so there is that. Um, well, that's it for us on our road trip podcast, our special edi- edition minus Grant, um, who, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I think this is a good week for him to take off. He's doing some yeah. mental and emotional recouping from yeah. his team not scoring any points for the first time in 10 years in an NFL football game. Yeah, I do have a little, uh, a little stat that I didn't mention. Oh, uh, do tell. Um, obviously we already talked about, and I'm just going to reiterate this because Grant's not here. They Seahawks got shut out. 17 so it's, to nothing. It, it's a good time for them for By Grant the to not be here. But uh, I thought this was probably the funniest thing I saw in regards to the Lions uh, this week, despite the game, which was hilarious. Um, the last Lions playoff win was closer in time to the JFK assassination than it was to Sunday's game. <laughs> so, uh, JFK assassination, Ben, can you give me the year? 63. Uh, so it is. <laughs> so I just, I think it's Lions always playoff win is closer to 1963 than it is to 2021. And I just think stats people. that equate things in like the last time something happened that feels like forever ago to today are just very funny to me. Yeah. And JFK assassination was a very long time ago. 
That uh, for those of you trying to do math really quickly in your head, by the way, it's a 58 year spread. That means it's been over 24 years uh, since the Lions had a playoff win. Which is why, if you hate the Lions at this point, like you just gotta you gotta go talk to somebody. Yeah, seriously, there's no reason to hate the Lions. Find a therapist. Uh, find a counselor. Uh, definitely talk to Jesus. Um, but you need to figure out that hate. Anyway, uh, speaking of hate, we've been handing out a whole lot on this podcast to a certain player named Cam Newton. And so this week, we thought it would be appropriate to tag the end of this podcast uh, with this statement. For the first time in 2021, Cam Newton has Has a a job. job. Congratulations. Now, uh, go make the Panthers suck like you used to. (laughs) All right. We'll see you next week. Later. Later.